0: Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 168, we're in a moment, we look at money mindset. That's in just a sec, as I say, but please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programmes today, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney and heaps more you name it we've done it pretty much and last time we chatted the Chancellor's Autumn Statement before Christmas find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there as I say an enormous resource all available for free find out previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need while you're there if you could rate and review us for instance you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show and in that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time I'm John Ellis and here's the star of our show Phil Anderson Hi Phil Hi, John, how are you? Good, thank you. i might mean, tell you this, Phil, but the other week someone said to me, and this isn't the first time I've had this sort of comment levelled at me about your show, I love the Weirdy Woo episodes you do with Phil. And I said, I'm sorry, the what? Anyway, it turns out the description Weirdy Woo uh, refers to our episodes where we sort of break from the general financy world and bring in other aspects to it, which might not ordinarily refer specifically to finance, but which can be applied to it, if that makes sense. So good news, Weirdy Woo fans. I think we've got one for you today as Phil takes us through money mindset. Do you want to give us a general overview, Phil?
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, a lot of podcasts with you are on maybe products or different areas in the, the financial world. But um, I've always been intrigued by the fact that some people can be financially successful and others aren't and it's something that I've looked into at great length kind of over the years and today's podcast will kind of cover some of the things that have helped me over the years and um, some of the findings that I've kind of had in, in that time as well so really looking forward to this show today John
0: for the record, and I'm going to go full disclosure here, Phil was giving a talk on this not so long ago, and what he sent me to have a look at before the show were his whiteboard, sort of bullet point notes that he made in advance of it. Now, I'm hoping that I interpret these well enough for you, Phil. The way you presented this talk, if I'm right, it's kind of how, as you say there, you've sort of nurtured and honed a money mindset as you've gone through your life, the, the things and people that have influenced it and how you've applied those learnings. So... Where do you want to start? Maybe when you when you launched Philanders and Financial Services, did you go into that blind or, or
1: with what I would yeah, call an inspiration model of any kind? You know, I'd, I'd always wanted to set up and have my own business, but I didn't have the bottle to do it. So I worked for a large solicitors firm as a, a financial advisor There did quite well. I was doing okay, making a good living, had a reasonable kind of standard a of living and in life, and could afford to go on holiday, have a reasonably nice car, but I never had the bottle to actually go out and do it. And luckily for me, I got paid off, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I sometimes wonder, it's like, would I have set up on my own mm. if I hadn't been paid off? It's funny, the, the subject we're doing today, I got asked to do a talk at the local Rotary Club, so it's kind of like the basis of, of what I did on that talk with them. Okay, But one, one of the questions at the end, one of the chap said, he said, oh... I'm keen to know, would you have set up on your own if you hadn't got paid off? And I was like, I don't know, maybe at some point I would have, but it was just the the push that I needed. And and for many people, my, my second son had just been born. It was in the January. And then just about two, three weeks later, I was told, look, um, there's been a downturn in the property market. We need to make cuts. You're gone. And I'm like, yikes, what am I going to do? And even at the start of that year, I thought, will I get another job? Will I look for something else? I didn't want to travel into Aberdeen every day, about 15, 20 miles. And at that time, the traffic was a lot worse than than it kind of is these days. But mm-hmm. so I'd been thinking about looking for something else. And I thought, nah, enjoy what I do, stick with it, and just keep keep doing it. But so that, that was around about 12 years ago. I set up my business. First started off working at the kitchen table. It was quite hard going. I had the kids like they were, were just little at the time. So they'd be coming up to me. My partner at the time would be like, look, can you make my cup of tea? Or go and go to the shop. I'm like, look, I'm working. <laughs> clients with phone, clients with phone, and you'd have the kids like snapping at your legs. It's like, oh, no, I'd kind of <laughs> keep going like this. So I moved into an office within a solicitor's firm in Fraserborough. but, I, but I, that's about half an hour drive at least away from where I stay. And there was one bad winter in a, a two-week period. I think I got to that office one day in two weeks, and yeah. I thought, oh, I need to get an office closer to home, but We've now got offices in Ellen, one in Aberdeen, and um, one in Wickup and Caithness. And we've also got a, a chap down in Weatherby in Yorkshire as well. So we cover quite a large geographical location. But one of the, the the things that came out of COVID, people are more like happy to deal with things on the phone, by Zoom Teams, phone call, vid- uh, like video chats. Um, so that's kind of opened things up an, an awful lot as well. And I, I never thought we would probably get to where we are today, but we now look over uh, look after over 200 million of clients monies, which is right. quite incredible. <laughs> so we're fairly it's been a, a fair journey over the the last sort of 12 years. And have you based any of
0: what we're calling your money mindset beliefs on on what you've discovered finding out about successful people?
1: Yeah, oh, most most definitely. I mean, o- over the years, I, I've invested a lot, not just financially, so a lot of financial resources, but I've also invested a lot of time into coaching and personal development and also learning. Learning's so in- important as well. Um, I've always strived to to become better at, at what I'm doing. I, I currently do coaching with Claire Humphries. Um, she was a guest on podcast episode number 160. That was one It was called Winning With Your Finances. That was a really popular episode. I know Claire has thanked me for it. She, she's had a few clients that have got, she's got off the, the back of that episode. But she works with what's called the Proctor Gallagher Institute. And I found that quite fascinating. I also speak every month to a woman called Sue Prentice. Her business is called Mindful Coaching. Sue's excellent. I discuss a lot of personal things with, with Sue. And again, I've learned a lot from her over the years. So, so coaching, personal development, learning, that's something that I've always been been big on. And, and I often think you're not looking to reinvent the wheel. It, it's kind of a lot of the stuff's already out there and it's just trying to learn from from others and and try and grow and be better.
0: I know when you were in school, that, that, that kind of set you on a specific path in terms of how certain people thought as well. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, amongst your peers. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I was brought up in a council house um, in an area called Maastricht in Aberdeen. It's nearly the most desirable area, but that's where my home was. And I I enjoyed being brought up there, learned a lot. And that probably moulded me kind of into the person that I am today. But I I was quite fortunate. I I was a reasonably bright kid at school. My mum and dad, especially my mum, wanted me to do well. She always had high expectations. She just wanted me to have a good career and, and do well financially, so I went to to Robert Gordon's College, which is an independent school. Most of my friends went to just the normal sort of school at, close by our home. What one of the advantages of going to Robert Gordon's? I I got I, I did the exam to get in there. I got the majority of the fees paid, not all of it. So my parents did have to pay a bit, and oh, they they always reminded me that they had to pay money. <laughs> and and you know that was probably a good thing because if I yeah. got all the fees paid. I might not have done as well as what I have, but the fact that my mum and dad used to always say, oh, we've made a sacrifice for you, I was always thinking I need to make sure that I kind of reward them for for doing that for for me. But the the main thing that I took from school, most of the the boys that went there, it was an all-boys school at the time, it's mixed now, but... I, I was the last year of uh, old oh, boys. It's like, oh, man, how unlucky. Luck. <laughs> I but So I, I went to Robert Gordon's College. It was an old boys school at the time. A lot of kids from really well-off and wealthy backgrounds. And one, one of the things that I noticed at school was their mindset. You had lads that they, there was three kind of levels of class. You had the A, B, and C classes. So the A classes were all the, the brightest kids. I was in the B class, and then the C class was... Some lads that weren't really when they use the word intelligent, but academically they weren't yeah. they the strongest, some of them. But one thing that I took was they just expected to do well. They expected to get a good job. They expected to have good careers. So their mindset was different. Whereas with me being brought up in a council house, the mindset of most of my pals was you just get a job, you get by, bang, and that's it. So probably the the main thing that I took from school was if you've got a good mindset, it makes a heck of a difference. And the, the school motto was be all you can be. And it's funny when I worked at the Skipton building society, they, their kind of slogan was to like be the best at what they do as well. And that, that's something that I've always strived for. So school in education although I left school with two hires could have done better I mean if I would stuck in more at school I, I could have done a lot better I went to college for a couple of years f- fell out uh, there just a month or two from the end Went not with my mates and never finished it I did leisure management at, at college I took a lot from from that as well just life experiences mm. I guess but Academically, I probably wasn't the best example. I never went to university or, or anything, but what I have always thought is you need to learn. So I would learn on the job when I worked at the Skipton Building Society, worked my way up. I'd always wanted to do well, but like I say, in the early years, the, the main thing I took from from going to that school was the the mindset of the, the wealthy kids. They just expected that it was going to come to them. Hmm. Do you think that was uh, do you
0: think that because there's a safety net at their back, you know, that they've, they've already got money there. I think yeah, that's what, most, was it their back there?
1: Possibly. I think it's just how they live. It's just how they're brought up. Is it? They, they kind of, like the parents are are well off. They get, and they get a lot, but that's just what they, they this expect. is how life, this is how um, life is. That's how they expect. So, so yeah. they didn't think anything of it. And, I there, there's guys that I went to school with that, that weren't at the brightest. And you look at them now and you think, whoa, they're doing, like, look what they're doing. Amazing. Mm. And it, it's good to see. I like, there's a lot of people get jealous when they see people doing well. But when I see the guys I went to school with doing well, I'm like, oh, good for them. Amazing. That There's one guy especially, well, two, actually, that the school captain in our year, he was a great guy. I got on well with him. There was some of them at school that I didn't get on. They, they never got on with, but they were just from a different Background for me, world, yeah. the, the school captain in our year, he was a fantastic lad. You would see him flying about all over the world, and I used to think it's like, well, if he can do it, why can't I? Need to do it, and th- there's another one as well. He's now in um, United Arab Emirates, and ah, um, oh, like he's always away at things like the Critics' Choice Awards in LA, meeting all these celebrities, and then he'll be away at some Grand Prix somewhere or the Super Bowl, and you'd like, wow, it's like amazing but it's like if somebody can do it why can i need to do it so Probably that's always you. been my way of thinking you mentioned there that you you know even at the skipton or whatever you always
0: tried to learn whatever you were and, and continuing that that thirst for knowledge you sort of started investing your time and effort in books which really changed your life i wonder if that was a purposeful search for And by that what i mean is Were you setting out to find specific answers to problems you needed solving at the time? Or was it more a case of gravitating towards authors you admired or who had been recommended to you as a a good read in more general terms? So you ended up more sort of stumbling upon this
1: stuff. Yeah, probably, I I don't know when it was, maybe about 10, 11, 12 years ago. Probably about 10, 11 years ago, I think. I I attended, it was called Achievers Conference in Edinburgh. I can't remember how much it cost. I didn't have a lot. Back at that time. But I thought, right, I'm going to invest my time, drive to Edinburgh, go to this conference. It was hosted by a chap, Ian White, who I knew from the, the bowling, um, but also knew him from a business networking thing called BNI, Business Network International. He's a fantastic guy. And he'd arranged this Achievers Conference in Edinburgh. And um, there were several speakers, Ian himself spoke. I think there's a lady, I can't remember who she was, but the, the two main speakers that stood out for me that day, there was a chap from America that came over, Larry Wingett, and then another one called Mark Rhodes. He was down in, from England somewhere. Larry was a no-nonsense guy. Mark was really quite different from him. Larry kind of believed that if you were broke, you were broke because you, you wanted to be. And I think he's actually got a book of that sort of title as well. One of the good things that I did take from him was that there was an exercise where you had to get three sheets of paper. Ah. You've heard this one before, but on on sheet one, so on sheet one, you would write everything as it is now. On sheet two, you would write everything as what you wanted it to be. And then on sheet three, you would write everything that you were willing to give up to get from sheet one to sheet two. So for example, I've always thought, right, I want to be thinner and healthier, lose weight and look better. So I guess for me, that's, I would write down my weight as it was now. I'd say, right, I want to get to this weight. And then, what do I need to give up to get there? Well, I need to eat, stop eating so much snacks. Maybe just need to stop drinking so much. So you would then write all that sort of things down. I need to go to the gym to, to do this. So that's kind of like the, the theory behind that. So that, that was a good exercise that I did way back and and it helped me but I mean I liked Larry's no-nonsense approach but I would say it was Mark's book it was called Think Your Way to Success that that would probably what I would attribute to taking things to another level back then What was so
0: special about uh, you know that book Think Your Way to Success then?
1: Yeah I'd probably say I mean I, I read that one I know it was just over 10 years ago I, I've got twin boys Campbell and Forbes they, they were 10 just back in December and when my partner at the time was in hospital uh, she got kept in for a, a week or two afterwards. Mm. I was in the hospital a lot, I had nothing else to do. And I thought, right, I'll read this book. Mm. Um, so it's called Think Your Way to Success by, by Mark Rhodes. And do you know, one of the exercises in that book that was really good was um, you got two sheets of paper. So on sheet one, you would write down everything that you wanted. So I would write down, I want to be a successful businessman. I want to be a good dad, I want to be a millionaire, I want to win the, the championship at Ellen Bowling Club. So you would write down all the things that you you wanted. And then on sheet two, you would write down, you, you would change the tense of it. So at that point, I would write, I am a millionaire, I am Ellen Bowling Club champion, I am a good dad. So she would kind of change things. And so some people say that there's a woman called Amy Cuddy. She's got a really good TED talk. Again, it's from years ago. And, and some people say fake it until you make it. Mm. But she would say think it until you become it. And I was like, yeah, I like that. That's, that's something that I thought I can sort of resonate with, with that. But when they, I wrote that list out. So that would be December 2013 was when I, I did that list. I think it was between Christmas and New Year. When the the boys were still in hospital. The following year, I won the the championship at Ellen Bowling Club. (laughs) Honestly, it just, I mean, miraculous, but like I've bowled for 30 years or 31 years. Mm. And in that time, it remains still the the only championship that I, the only singles championship at the club that I've won. And Mm. also the the following year, I got to the final of the district singles. I was beaten 21-15 by a chap called Jason Banks. And pretty since then, Jason's gone on. He got to the the final of the World Indoor Singles championship last year. And he's also, last week, he was beaten in the the final of the World Pairs. So, pretty, he's gone on to to great things. But I kind of exceeded all my expectations back then. And um, like all the things that I wrote down like the majority of it is all kind of like came true, and mm. that's the thing. And so, I mean, back then I wasn't a, a champion when I wrote that. I wasn't a successful business person when I wrote it. But it just like think it until you become it, and and that's what I, I kind of did. So, do you do you turn around now and
0: and get another couple of sheets of paper and and you know put down a, a whole new set of uh, ideas of what you want to be in ten years from this point?
1: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm always looking at like goals. I look at what I want to achieve. I've got so much in life that I, I want to do and I'm never content. I'm always looking for more. I mean, I, I do well financially. I've got a good standard of living, going lots of holidays, but I'm always looking for more. I always want to, and, and it's not about money. It's about, I mean, like the, the money is great, but I think, right, the more I earn, the more I can give away, the more people I can help. So that that's where I kind of come from now.
0: Tell me about, um. We're, we're still on books here. Tell me about Think and Grow
1: Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah, it's, it's a great book. That that was one that was introduced to me by Claire Humphreys, who I've, I've done coaching with. And it's been fantastic. It, it's just a book that basically is about your mind. And it's it something that I, I found it to be really helpful. Do you know, we could probably do a whole episode on that <laughs> book. And we probably will at, at some point soon <laughs> as well. So, um. But no, it's, it's been great. And it is what, what you think is so important. And I've always thought if you think good things, good things will, will kind of come back to you. And then there's Change the Paradigm by Bob Proctor as well. Yeah, Bob's, they, a lot of that stuff we, we cover with, with Claire as well. And um, again, that's another one. We could probably do a whole episode on, on it. But I, I wish I had more time for reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of YouTube things. I should really just sit down with a physical book more and, and read it. But uh oh, the thinking grow rich and and the stuff from Bob Proctor, if you're looking for if you like reading, they're, they're fantastic books and would highly recommend them.
0: Tell me this, Phil, and I'm just going off on a on a side adventure venture here for a minute. You said you listen to a lot of YouTube, you listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah, probably a lot of audiobooks as well. Have you heard the idea of if you go to sleep listening to whatever it is you're trying to learn and you have it plugged in your, yeah. your ears, you learn it instinctively as you sleep. It's still that information still goes in. Have you ever tried that?
1: I I, I do. I, I often have my phone on at night and listen to things. And quite often I'll, I'll listen to like interviews or podcasts and yeah. I'll, I'll quite often just doze off as I'm listening to it. So I sometimes take a bit. I, you get like, I, I will also listen to different like frequencies and, it's like, does it work? Does it nay? I, I don't know, but if it makes you feel better, then then it's a good thing. Why
0: knock it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now neuroling <laughs> I knew I was going to get this one. Neuro <laughs> linguistic programming has some part to play in this as well. What is it exactly?
1: Yeah, that that's a wee bit like the the exercise from Mark Rhodes' book with the the two sheets of paper. You're, you're kind of changing the the sort of language, but but but. NLP is, is, it's basically you're your programming your mind, your mind is so powerful. great example I could give of that is like Tiger Woods he he used to use mind techniques a lot and it was revolutionary at the time because he was the only one doing it. Hmm. He would rock up to a golf course for the, the tournament everybody else would be out practicing and he would go to like the, the 18th hole and visualize himself sinking the winning pot and celebrate and that, that was what he was doing. So I mean, he's the greatest golfer of, of all time. And now I think all the other golfers do this things that he used to do. So again, my, your mind is so powerful. And I, I look at the, the science of things. I mean, I, I do to an extent, but I think, right, what's worked for people and, and how can I incorporate that in, in my life? That's, that's what I kind of like to do. And I, I've got a thing called championship habits. And that, that's something that I kind of try to do every day, and it works really well for myself. Uh, So Championship Habits, expand on that one, and then you can
0: also tell me about the law of attraction as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, Championship Habits, where where it came from, I'm a big fan of the Denver Broncos, the American football team, and in their training facility, they've got a big thing up on the wall that says Championship Habits. So that's where I got the actual name championship habits from but what i do are, there's there's five things that i work on every day so so the most important thing is health and fitness because that underpins everything you want to be healthy you want to be fit you want to be able to do the things that you you want to do so if you've got your health and fitness that that's the main thing so every day i, I i'll look at trying to incorporate something i go to the gym at least four times a week love it really really enjoy it and there's times when i think oh i don't have time for this but it's got to be the most important thing. So you think right put that in your diary and stick to it that's Mm -hmm. got to be the the kind of first one so the the five first of the five things i work on every day health and fitness and rest is important i have rest days (laughs) tend to have the the weekends off when i have the kids and i tend to take a wednesday off just in the middle of the week to kind of rest and recuperate there as well other things i do is visit visualization so i kind of look and think right i look at things that I want and picture it. I've also got like what's called dream boards or sort of vision boards where I've got photos of things. So again, I look at that and I think, oh, that's what I want. And I go into quite detail of that. I'm also sort of grateful. So gratitude is the the third thing. And every day I, I write in a book and I'll write like my wins from the day before. And I'll also write things that I'm I'm grateful for. And I, I don't know, just by doing that, it seems to attract more positive things in in my life the fourth thing on the the championship habits list is plan so at the end of every day I'll start making a list for the following day of of things that I want to do and not like mini goals but I say right tomorrow I want to go to the gym I want to do this press release I want to clear this emails want to get back to such and such so every day I write that and I don't know when I wake up in the morning I'm a lot again, it's probably like a science thing, but I'm so much more productive by writing everything out the mm. evening before. My mind seems to like that and it, it works really well. And because I've got my own business, number five on my list of championship habits is teamwork. Because if you've got a good team, you can help each other to get to, to where you want to go. So that, that's what I call championship habits. And then like I say, another mind technique that I kind of use is I've got this like purple notebook that I, I write in every day. So every, every day I write three things as if it's already happened. And and one thing with your mind is it doesn't know what's real and what's not real. So every day I write the following three things in my book. So I start off, I'm happy and grateful that I look great in my Gucci jeans at Perth races. And <laughs> um, so, I, I, so I, I'm, I'm going to Perth races later on in the year. I was there maybe about five, six years ago, Hmm. and I had this pair of Gucci jeans. I thought, oh, it looked really good in them. And I was like, I need to get back to that. And I know if I'm at that weight, I'm going to look good. I'm going to physically be good. So I, I write that in my book every single day. I then also write, I'm so happy and grateful that Phil Anderson Financial Services turned over more than £5 million last year. So that's a big goal that I've got. Last year we did about 2 million, so we have a bit to go, and I I really believe, I mean, I I think I could actually get there within two or three years, but it's like, if you really focus on something and want it bad enough, you can get it. For me, I'm thinking, right, I'm happy for it to take a, a bit longer, but although there's a monetary amount in there, like I say, it's not about money for me, it's about what I can then, the, the good that I can do with that is, is what I can uh, look at. And then the, the third thing I write every day, I'm so happy and grateful that I've ran the London Marathon. And that's something that I want to do one day as well. And I find just by writing these things, it makes me a bit more conscious about what I'm eating. It makes me exercise. It kind of puts put me in the right direction as to, to where I want to go. And then I also write my wins every day. So, for example, my, my wins from yesterday... Um, went to the gym, had a good coaching session with Claire, put out a press release for the, the business and I got Estas for my, my son's Campbell and Forbes where I went to Tampa soon to see the WWE Royal Rumble. So that'll be fun. Looking <laughs> <Really laughs> forward to, to taking them. But I mean, if I look at like the, the day before, the wins that day, I had a good sleep got two new pairs of trainers and fit into my Denver soccer top, which I hadn't fitted into for a, a wee while. I had a really good weekend with the boys, kept on top of my housework, and got my car hoovered out. So that had been the wins for the day before. So I don't know, just writing down that sort of things it makes you feel good, puts you in a good mood. And I do it every single day. That's that, that's it. And I, I just feel so much better for it. It's funny, you, you mentioned as well about the law of attraction yeah. before we move on in. Probably the the best way to describe it is um, if you buy a new car, you often start to see that car out in the road or the same colour a car, and and that, that's probably the best way to describe it. And I think a lot of the stuff I'm doing, writing it in my book, you're attracting positivity and good things to you so I'm a, a kind of great believer in the law of attraction and again could probably do a whole episode on, on it <laughs> uh, we have touched on it in, in previous ones as well but a lot of this, the, the Bob Proctor stuff that I do with Claire Humphreys it's all to do with the law of attraction. And like I say, she didn't me to the book, Think and Grow Rich. And what you think is, is so important. Um, and I, I genuinely wish I'd read that book years ago. If there was one book I would recommend to people to read, it'd be Think and Grow Rich, because um, I know how much it's helped me over the last year or so.
0: Now, next here is a, a throwback to one of our recent episodes, Phil, where we looked at the science of marginal gains and applied it to finance or money management. Recap that for me.
1: Yeah, I mean on, on that episode we we covered marginal gains, and um we in that one it was episode one six three not that long ago. One of the things we covered there was a chap Sir Dave Brailsford. Um, he was from Team Sky, the the cycling, and they they were looking always just to improve, making little gains which overall would make a big kind of gain. And the the British cycling team a few years back was just. The hemorrhaging gold medals, it was just nuts what they were achieving, but the, the attention to detail that they went into. So, for example, they would take bedding and pillows to events. They would paint the floor and the truck black so that they could see dust particles and any impurities. They, they hired a medical team and they would improve things like their hand washing so that they weren't ill so much. And that was in the days of pre-COVID, so they were kind of before the, their time on, on that. But um, oh, just... Uh, the the marginal gains if you look to just improve something kind of every day and just make marginal gains in your life oh what a difference it'll it'll make to you long term and give me some examples of the sort
0: of marginal gains that we could all make as you applied to everyday finances let's say
1: yeah i mean marginal gains for your finances it can be things like you say right i'm going to go through the the list of my direct debits on my bank and cancel things that i don't use so that would be a a marginal gain you could say right i'm going to make an appointment with a financial advisor sit down and, and look at my things actually taking the action is the the important thing a marginal gain might be you think right i'm going to listen to a podcast whether it's this one or other ones where you're you're de- like for personal development and learning so so that's just gains that you can make in kind of like your finances and in the financial world so all of these things that you've learned have, have been adapted
0: in some form or other, molded to suit your requirements maybe, but, but that's how you've gone about it. Do you have to do this from the start though, Phil, or is it possible to change and sort of go forward like this at any time in your life?
1: Oh, I tell you, MD can make a decision to kind of change how they, they want things to be, and it's never too late to learn. One what, what great example, never new too late to start something new either, and KFC is a great example. Colonel Saunders, who who founded that, the first KFC franchise was in 1952, and that was when he was 62. He then went on to live till he was 90, but you, you can start things at, at any age, so you're never too late, and and you can change. That's that's one of the things. It's good to have a purpose in life. I mean, I, I've seen it so many times where somebody's maybe retired, stopped work, and then quickly within six months, bang, down, Oof. they drop dead. Yeah. I, I don't know. So age, age is... Something that isn't shouldn't be you shouldn't be put off on your age whether you're young or or old. I mean, there there was a guy called Tom Allen. He started yoga at age 55. I'm not sure if he's still alive, but a few years ago, he was Britain's oldest yoga instructor, and he was still doing that in his 90s. So Hmm. it's great to have a purpose. Great to have things that you enjoy. I've always enjoyed learning and trying to be the best that I, I can be. I wonder,
0: of all the things that you've learned what along the journey would be like a a fill-ism? The things that you've learned, not from books or other people, but the experience of life and running the business. And I I guess that's usually the question I ask towards the end of the episode, where I say, how, you know, has the the topic of today's episode, money mindset, affected you and either your personal or professional life? But I suppose today's entire episode has sort of existed within that framework. So I'm I'm prepared to gloss over this unless there's anything extra that you want to offer here.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say, like, one one of the things I've always been a great believer in is it's almost like karma. I've always thought that the nicer person I am, the more nice things will come back to me. And I've always thought you want to treat people the way that you want to be treated yourself. And again, going back to Think and Grow Rich, it's all about, like, you attract what you think. You often hear people saying, oh, I've just had one of those days. It's been awful. And And if you're like being negative you'll often find more negative things so if somebody's like oh it's been one of those days and then someone else will happen someone else will happen and and they, that's because their mind's almost looking for that negative things but I always think if if you're grateful and, and think positively you'll attract more of the same and about 20 years ago I, I did one coaching session with a, a chap called Phil McNally and uh, Phil's a great guy he used to stay locally, he's moved away now, but he wrote a book called Winning Mentality. So that can appeal to me because I've always wanted to win. I've always liked winning, like doing well at sports, business. I've always wanted to do, do my best. And during that session, I, I wrote on a business card, I am a winner, I am lucky. And that was about 20 years ago and I've still got that card in my wallet today. It's a little bit bashed up, but I've still, still got the original <laughs> card there. And I always think like, that you you kind of attract luck. I mean, a, a few months ago, I was coming back from a flight from Chicago with my son late, and the flight was delayed for two. It was two hours late. Now most people would be like, "Oh no, flight's late! What a disaster! I'm going to miss my connecting flight." But you know, I, I sat in that aeroplane once we boarded, and I just kept thinking. I was like, "Something good's going to come out of this today." I was like, "There's a reason why we're we're late." Um, so I missed my connecting flight. Got to Heathrow. I was standing in the security to go through again to get my flight up to Aberdeen. And I looked and I thought, that guy looks like John Elway. Now, John Elway was the previous quarterback of the Denver Broncos, probably <laughs> the greatest Bronco of of all time. And and I was standing looking, and I thought, that's him. I goes, nah, why would he be catching an internal flight in the UK? Can I be him? They had glasses on, so it was hard to tell. And as soon as we got to the security, he took off the glasses. So I was like, Is John Elway. I was like, no way. So I went up and I spoke to him. I had a Broncos jumper on at the time as well. So I went up, spoke to him. He was lovely. I mean, I can imagine sometimes these guys are getting pestered, maybe not so much in the UK, but certainly in America, they would be very well known and get spotted more over there. But I got a photo with him, chatted to him. It was great. And I just thought, I was like, that good came out of the fact that I was looking for something good out of a situation that many people would have found to be a real negative and and it's the same as well I, I met Roger Daltrey last year that had always been a goal of mine I had a photo of Roger Daltrey on my, my board, I've always been a huge fan of The Who and I thought oh I'd love to meet him one day, he's, he's 80 this year and I thought oh I, I'd love to meet Roger Daltrey, I had the photo on my board so I we went to see The Who in Edinburgh and that day th- there was a young girl there with our parents and it was our first Who concert and we were standing speaking to them And I thought, I'm going to do something nice. I'm going to buy this girl the poster of the show, which cost about 50, 60 quid, like a limited edition poster, Mm. bought one for myself. And I thought, I'm going to buy one and give it to this young lassie as a souvenir of our our first gig. Well, it turned out, couldn't find her. I was looking everywhere, thought, oh, no, can I see the, the girl? Well, the guy that I stood next to at the show I was speaking to him and he's like, oh, I would really have loved one of that posters, but the queue is just horrendous." I was like, "Look, I've got a spare one. I'll, I'll give you it." So like, oh, I'll give you money. He's like, no, no, I didn't want anything for it. So I give him the the poster, and the person I was with at the time time's, "Oh, it's very generous of you." And I just thought, "Sark, look, you do something nice, and, and good things come back to you." I was like, "You didn't do it for that reason, but it just seems to be that you do something nice, and and you just seem to attract that sort of vibe almost." Well, after the show, I kind of was walking. I actually took the long way back to the hotel. I thought, right, I'll get my steps up for the day. <laughs> do a do a bit more. So, so took the the long way round, and then I was walking, and I had an idea. I knew that who were staying. I, I knew that they'd be staying in a nice hotel in Edinburgh, and I knew it wasn't the, the was it the Sheraton. I think. Yeah. We'd, We'd, I knew they weren't there, so I spoke to to some of the staff there um, and they'd said, no, he's na- they're nice na- staying here. And I was walking down, is it the Wardorf Astoria, I think? And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I wonder if they'd be there. And I thought, maybe go into the bar, just to look, pretend I'm looking for somebody and and see. Well, just as I was crossing the road, this car pulled up outside the hotel <laughs> and lo and behold, Roger Daltrey gets out of it. And I'm like, no way. So I went and I got a photo with him. He was shattered. I'd love to have stood and chatted with him for, for longer. But um, he's a fair age now and you could tell I think he was needing his bed, but he was kind enough to to sort of shake my hand. I give him a hug, told him how much his music had meant to me over the years. I just thought, I was like, wow, that came from, I, I don't know, I just think it was like good karma. So it's always think it's like try and be nice. I, I used to, a, a pal of mine used to have a quote, and this is neither quote of the week, by the way, I've got another one for for it, but a pal <laughs> of mine used to say, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And I think, yeah, I, I kind of get that. And then there was a Stephen Bartlett clip not that long ago and he said, he goes, you don't want to be nice, you want to be like honest, but being nice is sometimes hearing what people want to hear whereas you've got to tell them what they need to hear so i was like yeah i kind of get that as well but i don't know you put out good vibes and, and good things I'll, I'll come back to you you maybe didn't always feel that all the time but over the longer term that's that's certainly what i feel works for me
0: this was not the question i intended to ask when uh when i was when i was listening to you there but i'm going to ask it now where was john elway going in the uk
1: Oh, he was actually flying up to Edinburgh, or Edinburgh, I think. He, he wasn't going to see
0: Roger Daltrey at the... Uh...
1: Oh, no. <laughs> the he, he was away to the... Oh, it was one of the golf... The Alfred Dunhill, the Pro-Am, the Lynx Championship. He was away to play. So he was flying to Edinburgh, I was flying to Aberdeen. Uh, I wish I'd been on the same flight, but um, hey, maybe one day, you never know. And what's bizarre as well, I'd, I'd been over watching the Broncos in Chicago, and I said to him, I goes, you haven't just come in from Chicago, have you? So I thought, did tell him I was on the same flight as him. Because I was like, I could have really tried to set and learn and chat to him and that would have been ace. But he'd come in from Denver. So it just so happened, there are two flights. I was like, what's the chances of that? The two flights both come in at about the same time. And he was standing right behind me in the queue in the security line. I was just like, Wow, this is just, it's, sometimes things are just meant to be.
0: Yeah. You, you know, the Alfred Dunhill, and you're maybe not the, the biggest golf fan, but the Alfred Dunhill is played, it's a pro am, as you say. It's played over three courses. Now, I'll get this wrong, but it's St. Andrews, Carnoustie, and Kings Barnes, I think it is. Yeah. And they play over the weekend. And this year, so you get all sorts of people there. You get like Hugh Grant, you get Huey Lewis in the news, you know, all sorts of different people are there. And they play over these, Three three courses This year The weather was so awful That it got rained off I think the first two days And they only got out In the third day So you might have done Something nice And, and uh, you know Got to meet him But I don't know What he must have done To get rained off For three days <laughs> On Alfred Dunhill On the podcast Phil A regular bit we delve into is, is Phil's quote of the week Being a fan As you are Of influential And motivational sayings And quotes What have you got this week Phil? And our Subject of money mindset I'm thinking it might be From our old friend Warren Is it?
1: It is. Um, I, I'm often. I'm often asked, "What's the best investment I can make?" And and people think, "Is it like equities, property?" But the best investment you can make is yourself. And and the quote this week from Warren Buffett, "The best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. The more you learn, the more you will earn."
0: Now, Phil is uh, really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details are coming up. Look will give it to you after this. This first one is from Darren in Aberdeen. Darren says, Phil, I noticed the other day the UK economy slipped back a bit in October. I know it bounced back subsequently, but could things like this influence and possibly impact mortgage rates again? We're struggling as it is.
1: You know, mortgage rates have actually been coming down recently, so it's a bit of welcome respite for for people in that situation. We're actually finding that some of the fixed rate deals are back below four percent again, which is good. Big lenders like Santander, Halifax, they've been reducing their rates, so um, that's certainly handy. Not just for people looking to buy, but handy for people coming to the end of their deals. So, mm-hmm. if you were coming to the end of a fixed rate deal, you might have been on a rate. Of, 1.5% or something, you're going to see your payments jump up a, a bit there, but um, MD coming to the end of their mortgage deal or looking to, to kind of remortgage, get a better deal from their existing lender and also for people looking to buy, certainly a, a welcome relief for them. So rates, last week while, have, although the Bank of England rate's not changed, the, the rates at which lenders can bo- or um, allow you to borrow money, it has been coming down. Next up, here's one from Katrina who says, hi Phil, welcome back from your holidays.
0: Uh, You've said several times how much you love going away, and quite often those form your goals. I wondered if you'd learned any money-saving tips you'd recommend from your trips abroad.
1: I'd say one money-saving trip that I kind of do is, when when I'm booking flights, I I would love to fly business class to to places. But what I do quite often, if you were to book the business class flights, it can be quite a price. So what I try to do is at the airport when I get there, I'll ask, it's like, look, is there any availability? How much will it cost? And oh, will it's a fraction of the prices to what you'd pay. The, the only downside with that is you run the risk that you're not going to get the cabin you want if it's full. So you might not get to sit where you really want to, but that's kind of a bit of a money saving tip that I, I sort of try. Another thing, I mean, I, I used to be scared of, of flying. So I, I put a picture of an airplane up in my office, a painting that I bought, and I used to look at it every day. And, and now I sort of love the, the experience. I've always been quite a visual person. And in my office, I've got three boards. Some people would call them kind of like dream boards or vision boards. But mm. I, I look at that every day. And when I look at the boards, it makes me work that little bit harder to get where, where I want. So another tip might be to, to do something like that. I, I've got pictures in my office, uh, Rio de Janeiro. I've got a picture of Machu Picchu, where I'd love to go one day. I've been lucky that a lot of the places I've had on my boards, I've, I've kind of managed to, to go to. But the visuals kind of, I I love looking at things and that kind of inspires me and motivates me to do well. So that might be a a, a tip for Katrina there as well.
0: Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Mellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 168 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need, a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. And as I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name If that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.